0: SHSS podcast, Let's Talk Learning. Today we welcome Terry Kearney to our SHSS podcast. So, Terry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Ooh, that's a big question. Where do I start? Um, So, I'm a proud West Cork woman, I'm the youngest child of seven children. And my oldest sister was 21 years older than me and then my mum was 21 years older than her. So I grew up with my nieces and nephews and uh, I was called the mad aunt. I have no idea why. So I have loads of interests. I like reading. I like walking. I like outdoors. I like nature. I live by the sea. I'm really, really lucky in a house that I'm allowed to live in with this tiny little creature called Papi if either of you own a cat, you'll know what that's about. Yeah. So she allows me to live with her and be her slave. And I'm very happy to do that. Yeah. What was your favorite subject at that school? That's a hard one. Can I do two? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, well, the first one would have been history. And oh, a lot of that was down to a particular history teacher that I had. Yeah. um, So it it would be your teacher's dad. Yeah. John Bell, an extraordinary man. And he brought history off the page. It wasn't just a load of lists of dates. I can still remember some of his brilliant classes, but unfortunately I wasn't going to get him for leaving cert. So I actually gave up history. (laughs) This is a terrible thing to admit. And I suppose from there on my other favorite subject, which still is, is biology and the natural world and... All of that sort of stuff, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. (laughs) So what did you do after school when it was finished? What did you do? What did I do after school? Okay, so I had signed up, so I was mad to travel because you have to imagine way back in the 80s when nobody travelled and there was no Ryanair. In those days, you couldn't really get... I did really well in biology, and, but you couldn't really get a job unless you were a teacher or a nurse or a doctor, and I didn't really fancy any of those. And I loved the idea of travelling. So I said, ah, oh, travel industry, that sounds fierce, exciting. So I signed up for this course, three-year course, travel and tourism. But just before my leaving cert, I did an interview for a job in a travel agency, And I got it. So it was a really tough decision. Go to college for three years to learn how to pick a thing or get a job straight away and get paid and start traveling. So you can guess what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how did you get involved in Skibbereen Heritage Centre? Good question. It was a job that Holy God made for me, as I was calling it at the time. (laughs) I've always loved Lachyne. A local saltwater lake. I'm not sure if you know it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do. I was in the travel agency, travel industry for years and years and years. Moved through various bits and I was really bored. And at that stage then I was like, oh, why didn't I go to college? So I went back to college Again, in pre-internet days, I know you'll find it hard to imagine, but there was no online classes. There were four boxes of books delivered to me every year and I did it all alone in my bedroom. But I got a couple of qualifications and then this job came up and I went, oh, this is the job that Holy God made for me. I'm applying for that and I'm getting it. And Malayor didn't, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. And what is so special to you about Lockheim? Now, that's another, yeah, you've got great questions. So in my family, my dad loved Lachyne and he had full of peshogues and superstitions. So we used to have to go to the Holy Well and to bathe our eyes once a year. And we used to go to another Holy Well for mass once a year. And then we used to go to another Holy Well and blah, blah, blah. So Lachyne was the kind of place we went to for picnics and for special things. Like on my confirmation day, that was my day out. They took me to Lachyne. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tough days back then, tough days. <laughs> but I've always loved it and it's a place, the minute I go down there I feel peaceful and happy. So I did a study on Lacine some years ago on the archaeology of Lacine, and it was very funny that my tutor was John Sheehan, he's a brilliant archaeologist up in UCC and I went along the first day and I was like, oh my thesis is Lacine is so special, Lacine is so special and he wears these little half moon glasses and he looked over the half moon glasses and he said, no offence Terry but that's very hippie-ish. <laughs> so I said, right. So I went along and I did a comparative study. So I compared Lachyne with three other lake sites in West Cork. And I specifically focused on sites of a religious or ritual nature. So in other words, in prehistory places that people found special. Because we're now separated from the landscape. But in prehistory, people believed that the landscape was alive. So it spoke to them, which I think it should st- still do. But anyway, so this study blew the hippie concept out of the water and I got a 1-1. Woo! So Lachyne was way above all the rest. So it just shows people have considered Lachyne special for thousands, for millennia. Yeah. Yeah. So. You've contributed to lots of books. Can you tell us about them or like which one was your favourite? so I'm kind of an accidental book writer. All these ideas come along and then there's no other Egypt to do it. So that's how I've ended up writing books. But yeah, so the first one I did was about the marine the history of the marine research in Lachyne which was really interesting and I met loads of fantastic friends out of it and actually now I think of it it's a combination of my two favourite subjects in school isn't it history and biology yeah exactly um, and yeah so now I'm a frustrated marine biologist I've got met loads of friends and I love all that side of it so that was that one and then that sort of led me on to doing a bigger study of Loch So I did that for a master's and I went around and I interviewed a lot of the older people around Loch And it was very unusual because the families that lived around the loch were the same families that had lived there for generations. So when I spoke to one person, he had the knowledge of his grandfather, his great grandfather. So it was like the whole place was alive, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was, I feel like that was an honor and they all knew me. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, I had lots and lots and lots and lots, of cups of, tea. lots <laughs> of cups of tea. So that was lovely. And then the next one, I work in the Heritage Centre, as you know, and one of the exhibitions there is about the Great Famine. And I've sort of become an accidental Great Famine historian. I think you've had Philip Peer, who's the real famine-y's into years, <laughs> but I've sort of stumbled into it accidentally, but it's grabbed hold of me all the same. And so I do talks and tours for groups and everybody, they'd come up afterwards and they say, oh, that was great. Is there a book of that? And I was like, no, there isn't. So I better write one. So that's how that one came around. And then what was next? Oh, a very good school friend of mine, very old school friend and a relation of your your teachers. Flora, who has been leading me astray since I was five, she was writing a book um, and she was asking very, very important writers to do contribute chapters to it. And uh, she asked me to do it too. So she wanted me to be part of it, which was just lovely. And it was lovely to see that success and it was lovely to see her enjoying it. So that was a real favorite. And then the recent one, which we've only published a couple of weeks ago, Is called Stories of the Revolution. So that was one morning when I was high on coffee. I came up with the idea of replicating the 1937 school folklore. Have you ever heard of that? Well, they sent men around in 1937 on their bicycles around Ireland and they went to schools and they went into the schools and they said, go home and talk to your grannies and granddads and ask them about all of these different topics. And they gave them a variety of topics. For example, folklore relating to food, weather, pishogs, the famine. So a lot of our, hist- lot of our folklore we have about the famine is from that. Thousands and thousands and thousands of children contributed to this and it's now a hugely important archive for Irish heritage, so I thought oh, we're right in the middle of revolutionary spot here in West Cork, and some of the grannies and grandads would have known their met their ancestors who were involved in that. So I said, ah, oh, let's do that. So we did it over four years. We'd intended to do it over six, but a small pandemic took took place in between. And we involved 837 children and they all contributed. They went home and they spoke to their grannies and granddads and got stories. And so this last book is extracts from some of those. So that's the the five books, four books, four four books in a chapter. Um, (laughs) And then there's been lots of articles for historical society journals and stuff like that. Yeah. Ones you get caught for. It's hard to say no. We see your Instagram and we see that you're a keen photographer. Is it something you've always loved? So I'm I'm a learning junkie as well. I always need to be learning. And that's my next course. I love it, but I don't have the technical skills. So I just do it on a, with a phone when I'm out and about. Mm-hmm. But I love seeing and sharing all these lovely images. And yeah. it's nice as well when you take a photo. You take a photo in your head, which is there, but you forget it. But if you take a photo photo, it's there to remind you of that. Exactly. Yeah. So yes, I yeah. love it and I want to learn more. Yeah, definitely. It's such an interesting thing, in my opinion. I love learning about it. Absolutely. Well, you saw loads of photos of Poppy My Cat, so if you're looking at my Instagram. Yeah. I'm under the paw, as you can see. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you could be part of another museum in Skibreen, what period of history would it be about? Ah, that's an easy one, because I think there should be an outdoor museum. I'd love an outdoor museum. There is thousands of years of history. That is practically undiscovered and unrepresented, and we have extraordinary archaeological sites all the way around here. here. And it's something that you would tramp around, and that's my that's my favourite day out, <laughs> is to climb the top of a mountain when I'm not cropped and find a piece of archaeology and photograph it and learn about it. And because these sites, you know, these they were. There were people like us, but they thought so differently. And I think we've forgotten a lot of that magical thinking. And when you go to these places, it resonates. You feel it, you know? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, So that would be one. But it wouldn't be in a museum museum. Mm -hmm. It would be me taking you out for a day and going, right, up the top of this mountain now is a wedge tomb. And you'd love it, wouldn't you? That's (laughs) such a cool concept. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Do you have a hero? Hmm... My heroes would be the gentle people. Yeah, definitely the gentle people. I have great time for two old neighbours of mine in a house I used to live in where I grew up in. And I won't name them, but they're a lovely, lovely couple. They were childless. And they were right next door to us and they were tormented by generations of carnies. I mean, (laughs) we scrubbed their apples, we let out their cattle, we went in and demanded sweets whenever we wanted (laughs) them. And they were always so lovely and they were really nice, gentle, beautiful people. And in all their lives, they never did a day's harm to anybody. And in all their lives, if they could do something nice for you, they would I don't know if you've read any John McGahern in school. No. Anyway, there's a brilliant book called that they, that they May Face the Rising Sun. And this couple remind me of them. And I think we're losing that gentleness and those beautiful people that knew what was real. So those kind of people that are, would be my heroes. Yeah. That's a really good answer. Yeah, I love talking to elderly people. I find them so interesting because they've just been around for so long, and there's just yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and they've experienced a different world exactly. to what yeah, we've experienced. Yeah, they've seen so much more as yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They give such a different perspective on things. Completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So do you have a favourite motto? Oh, there's one I use for a lot of things. It's 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 great excuse. You may have it. It's life's too short. So if somebody, you know, if there's dust in my car says, oh, life's too short to be dusting. Or, life's too short to be cleaning up cupboards on a Sunday. Life's to be short to stuff a mushroom. Life's too short. Life's too short. Life's very short. You know, the end of those old films, if you've ever watched them, and they have those daily calendars. The days shoot off. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happens as you get older. They go faster and faster and faster. So my life is getting shorter and there's less. It's the same thing with don't hold a grudge. And if things are nasty, move on. And yeah, life's too short. That's a really good one. Finally, what advice would you give yourself, your teenage self? Right, Terry, you're not, your thighs are not too fat. That would be the first thing I'd say to myself. I suppose don't be too, try and be too prescriptive with life. Because you think, oh, when you're a teenager, right, I'm going to do bum, 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 bum. But it doesn't kind of work out like that because... The road wiggly windies. So at this stage of my life, I'm kind of going, when something happens, I go, ah, so that's what's going to happen. Right. What'll I do with that? And that's what I'd say to myself. And the other thing, which is part of that, is grab all opportunities. I haven't. I've gone, oh no, I couldn't do that. And I'm very sorry I didn't do some things now. So that would be what I would say, grab all opportunities and just take life as it comes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're so welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.